Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hiring Enablement Podcast. Really special episode today with the CEO and founder of the recruitment events company, Jamie Leonard. Jamie, how are you? Really good. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. Awesome. Jamie and I are looking forward to getting into numerous things today, right? But it's really off the back of myself and 5,000 other people attending RecFest a couple of months ago down south. An awesome event, my first time. So really want to dig into, you know, Jamie's past with this event, how it's really boomed. Obviously, there's a really cool event coming up in a couple of weeks, the exact same event over in, in Nashville, USA. So looking forward to diving into that. But overall, Jamie is a pioneer in, in the hiring landscape, right? Putting people together, putting on awesome events. I think everybody agrees that's watching this, getting people back together again, mingling, socialising, networking has been awesome the, the last couple of years after get taken away from us. So so let's dive, let's dive right in. So, Jamie, you started the recruitment events company, I think, what, 12 and a half years ago now? Why? About that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, why? So uh, myself and my wife both got made redundant at the same time working for two different companies. Um, we had, my wife was working for a big ad agency. I was working for a job board. And we were about three months away from uh, the birth of our first child. So we got some redundancy money uh, and we were renting at the time. So we were, you know, properly, uh, you know, doing the kind of London, the London thing, getting own property. And like the smart human beings we are, rather than take that money and buy a house, we said, well, let's start a business. Uh, and yeah, off we, uh, off we went. I suppose for me, I've always loved events. I love events in our space. I think talent acquisition, recruitment, resource and HR, whatever you call it. Yep. Is, a, is a people focused industry. We are we are people people. So generally the people within it are very sociable. So it does make the events a lot of fun. Unfortunately at the time, there wasn't many events out there that were anything abru- above mid. Um, yeah. You had some people doing some interesting stuff like Bill Borman had his tr- the true events, which I always thought was really, really fascinating. And I took a lot away from, a lot of inspiration away from those events. But most of the events were very beige, very corporate in a some hotel kind of you know suite somewhere. Everyone's in suits. It's uh, sandwiches um, uh, and, and crisps for lunch and a warm glass of red wine afterwards. And you know th- then there was maybe some networking, but there was nothing that really that was different, that was exciting, yeah. or, or that really connected people outside of the true London event, which which I attended and, and you know we still work with Bill Bill today. But it was really a case of just looking at saying there's not much here at the moment. I mean, listen, I have always been a people person, you know, I think it's been a tough year this year for, for a lot of people, a lot of different reasons, but going back a couple of years, that just got taken away from us all all, all overnight, right? At a point where you were probably trying to build something as yeah. well. You know, I think when everybody wants what they can't have, I suppose, and, and I think for, for you guys, you really... Sometimes you just land on things at the right time. I think a little bit of double motivation with a kind of a double redundancy and you put two heads together and you're both passionate about something. It just shows you what you've been able to accomplish. I guess let's let's go right to where we are now and then we can fill in the gaps in between. How proud were you to see 5,000 people and a big wheel and a bull and a climbing <laughs> wall? And, you know, I, I mean, um, that, that's got to have been a kind of a pinch yourself moment a little bit. It, you know what? When, when the pandemic hit and you realized how quickly stuff could be taken away from you and 
when you know when we were planning you know wreckfest 2020 had an amazing ring to it you know everyone that did events was like oh money 2020 and cipd 2020 it's all gonna be great because it sounds fantastic and then they take it away from you and then they tell me i say you may, you might never be able to do this again so you appreciate more when you come back um yeah look uh, Worth was incredible um it was you know a, a massive team effort from from so many people inside our business and outside but really proud, really proud. I think um, when you do something different, it's it's a challenge. And, you know, if yeah. we look back at, I won't run through all the rec fests over the last 10 years, but, you know, the first one we did, we had to, you know, drag 99 people kicking and screaming into an event that even with the feedback afterwards was like, eh, it was okay. It wasn't great. So, you know, when you go down that process saying, hey, we've got this idea, we think things can be different, it starts off very, very challenging. And then you build momentum and after a while that momentum builds and it's like the boulder up the hill and you get to the top and all of a sudden that boulder's running the hill you say well i can't keep up with it anymore it's it's it, it's gone beyond us and that's you know that's what happens when you look around in nebworth and say well there's five thousand pa vendors in in this in this um in this venue and yeah super 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 proud like not not just you know, be like the typical boss, but just more proud for the team because, you know, it was their hard work, you know, their, yeah. their sort of blood, sweat and tears that went into it. And, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because we've always, we used to do very small events and they're very transactional, you know, in, out, in, out. And you kind of hardly notice the highs and the lows become very balanced after a while. But when you go, when you move into kind of a big event mindset where you're building up for an entire year to one event, um, it's pressure. It's... um. And it's that kind of release when it actually comes off. When you when we finally know, okay, we, we're good today. There's that um, that euphoria that comes with it, and and the team kind of all sort of bounce into that. And it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. You kind of enjoy it with the people that are there. It's interesting, right? If I think about, if I think probably pre-COVID, right? You probably were seeing, like you say, that boulder momentum with with, with the event. COVID happens, it stops. And then I think it got to a point pre post COVID that there was tons of growth. Right? I don't know if it was just all the PE money and then the you know the investment money it was like, come on, we need to get this all going again. Mm-hmm. And there was a total boom element at a point where you probably <clears> thought, <throat> God, I wish I could get these people together in this field and, and get them all <laughs> get them all co- co- collaborating. And what I thought was really interesting is it's been a it's been it has been a tough year for, for many companies this year to still see the the need and the enthusiasm for an event like this. And what, what what really got me was afterwards. I mean, I feel for like two weeks afterwards, all I got was people posting and, and all I was seeing was, <laughs> God, I didn't know that person was there. I didn't know they were there. And God, I wish we'd seen each other there. And I've probably done my key takeaways with 20 TA leaders that were like jealous that I was there and, and, and things like that. <laughs> and, and it immediately gets you thinking, I want to be part of that again next year you know and and i love the the, the bolden analogy right because we work with a lot of startup scale-up companies as well as maybe you know multinational companies and it is there is that tipping point where it can get away with, away from you quite fast right if there's not process structure framework etc so i guess talk me through before getting into the events themselves what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced to getting this from oh, wow. 99 people to 5,000 <clears throat> um it's definitely the structure side of it internally. It's process. It's stuff that I'm not naturally very good at. Um, you know, it's it's people, it's process. It's, you know, we're, we're now 20 people, which isn't a massive company, 
But considering, you know, we started off with one, you know, yeah. you need to have a level of infrastructure in place. You need to have a level of process in place. And that's been that's been kind of the the, the internal challenge, if you like. And that's the boring part. The, the external challenge is convincing people that it's something worthwhile investing their time into. And, you know, when, when we look back and say it's 100 people year one, so we got 200 in year two, yeah. 400 in year three. I think 850 in, in year four. Oh, and it just cool. kind of go, it just goes up and up and up. And and what you said there earlier about, you know, LinkedIn being taken over, that is one of the biggest reasons for our scale because it, the, Redfest is so shareable, right? If you go to the Excel center or um, the business design center, hey, I'm at another event. Isn't it great? Well, we are my colleagues. Redfest gives you so much to shout about, not yeah. just on LinkedIn. And, you know, we always say, if we get people to post on LinkedIn, fantastic. And this year, three and a half thousand individual images were posted on the day of breakfast with wow. the hashtag, which is Jesus. completely insane. Um, you completely take over uh, uh, LinkedIn. But we always say, if you get people posting to Instagram, that's when you've built an emotional connection to them because they're not just sharing it with their work colleagues and saying, I want my boss to see. It's they're like- saying to their fr- they're saying to their friends, look how great my industry is. And that's the key thing with breakfast. And this is what pe- a lot of people don't understand. Because it's closer to something like uh, Glastonbury or Burning Man or, or um, uh, I'm trying to of somebody else, like Comic Con or something like that, as opposed to CIPD or anything like that, yep. you're building a personal connection with them in the event. It's an emotional anchor. Um, and, and people want to share that. And it almost becomes quite cultish to a certain extent in a positive way, in that this is my event. This is the one I always go to every year. You know, I know people that are like, I've been to every breakfast since the beginning. And they're proud to say that. Or, you know, I've been the last three years. I wouldn't miss it for the world. It builds something that other events can't build because it lowers the business element to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Deal with the underpinning of this is a work show. This is yeah. a, a, a learning event. It's, it's here to connect uh, vendors and, and practitioners and all the other things conferences do. But there's another layer on top. Um, and, it, and, and it, you know, we do that through the festival atmosphere we do it through the relaxed nature of the event our, our partners that come in and say hey we're not going to set up a, a you know just a, a plain demo stand we're going to bring a climbing wall in we're going to bring a mechanical ball <laughs> and, and, it, and, and it creates a layer and a, a connection that a lot of events don't don't get yeah i i have always enjoyed a, a festival a tea in the park a glastonbury a, a different things tomorrowland's on the bucket list i think but there's there is a sense again of you know, the younger culture, they're loving that right now. You can see them growing and growing and growing every year. And, and that was the big thing for me. You know, I was wondering, what is this going to be like before you go? And there had been a couple of members of my team that had mentioned it. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll try anything twice type type thing. But the closer we got, I was like, this is a real opportunity for me to get my remote team together, if nothing else. You know, and then I, you start to add layers on and you go, okay, there's certain talks here. And then when you start to get a little bit like, God, there's two talks I want to see at the same time, right? And, and we kind of had a sense of how do we divide and conquer? You know, who do we want to see? What do we want to get most out of? So we, we all took those, those learnings. We, we're kind of much that type of, of business ourselves. Of course, we're a recruitment company at the end of the day, but we've always wanted to be more than just a full role. Right? We want to know what's going on. We want to know what other people are thinking, big challenges. And we've driven our business forward to truly make hiring in general more effective and efficient so knowledge is power there right and i think if we we've never wanted to just say here's what we do take it or leave it we've wanted to say 
solution driven by name and nature. What's the problem? How do we fix it? And you've kind of yeah. done that with that whole community of getting people getting people together. I really feel that Wreckfest for me was, I stood there and I said to my, e, my CEO, they've cracked this, right? Because they've got talks, they've got key speakers, they've got people that want to share their story, not pitch. You've got, you know, people that are clearly telling you what they do around the space so you get to see what's going on. But I spoke to so many people round about and you go, do you know what? There's actual decision makers, you know, and business leaders from all shapes and sizes and industries all coming coming together very collaboratively. You know, we actually got, a, and I'll, we'll come on to this in a second, but we have won a new client from the pizza queue. No joke, right? We'll come on to that. It's one, one of my favorite stories. That I, I love that story. Right? Lo- love this, right? <laughs> and, but for me, that there was a little bit for everyone. You know, there was the kind of a community vibe, the 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 discussion vibe. You know, and then obviously at the end of the night, you've got a basement jacks that just kind of a top topped it all off for us, right? And and exactly what you just said when we were flying home the following day or or, or out, it was an Instagram and it was on Facebook. It wasn't even in LinkedIn. So, you know, you definitely captured that audience to the point my wife was going, hold on a minute, I thought this was a work day. <laughs> um, we, we get that so much with people saying, I'm trying to convince my wife that I was just at a work event or I'm trying to convince my boyfriend I was just at a work event. I was like, oh, it doesn't look like it, does it? <laughs> that does me. And by the way, I'll share this afterwards, but there's an amazing um, video I've got, a selfie of me and my lead client partner, Maddie, at the top of the big wheel. You know, we're going around, beer in hand, you know, and I remember sending it to, to my wife and she was like, yeah, I'm going to pick up the kids for school. Thanks very much. You know, like, <laughs> making, me feel, making me feel good here. But no, honestly, I've, I've always I've always felt you put people together, good things happen. It's always been a kind of motto of mine. I probably struggled, you know, because we are a remote nature, you use Zoom, you use Teams, you know, Slack or whatever companies use these days. You can fall into that habit really, really quickly. But we, we've got a lot of manufacturing clients, for, for, for example. And, you know, they do business face-to-face. They're in a plant. They're in the office. They're in the, the you know, and, and they are doing business, not over MS Teams. You know, the whites of the eyes get to know. And we've maybe built some really good foundations during that COVID period. But we've been really, really eager to get back out and see clients after that. Did you get a sense from that? I guess were you a bit worried yeah. the first time you switched that back on after, after COVID? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, and, you know, th- there was experts all over the TV saying events will never come back again because why would you want to go out into the world, which, you know, at the time, you know, there was obviously a, 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 a pandemic going on, but why would you want to go out to an event where you can get the content online? And I agree with them, by the way. And this is the thing. You can get better content on YouTube than you can at most events. And you can do it in indoors. You can do it in the comfort of your own home with, you know, without being bombarded by other people and you can turn it on and turn it off right so content becomes don't get me wrong content is super important because that's that's kind of you know what 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 people are taking in when they're there but it's the human connection side of it that is the difference making now because what we learned during the pandemic is that um, and content we got online trying to do online networking and build relationships online is damn near impossible yeah. right We're at scale so for an online event so what we learned was actually this online thing will always be there and it's probably going to be very content focused, but nothing will ever replace in-person events for that human to human connection. It's, it's a chemical um, uh, thing that, that happens when you meet in person. So coming out of it, I think the events industry overall and any event, by the way, in any space that's doing anything credible 
is a lot more valuable when it went in because we've realized the 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 the, the value of it and yeah it's it's lovely to see so we did our first event coming out of the pandemic in margate and the yeah. reason we did it in margate margate has dreamland which was a purpose-built outdoor stage it ticked all the covid boxes um, it was smaller than we did in 2019 but hey listen it's a nice way to get back out again and the speakers were fantastic but i i always say to the team we could have had a barking dog on stage and no one would have noticed because people weren't there for the talk they were there as the first time at the traps they hadn't seen each other in in two years yeah. they hadn't met team members that have been working with two years and that just that that kind of that outpouring of emotion which was was what made that event very special and it was part of our strategy going into the pandemic was let's be the first one out. Let's gamble on being the first company to run an event in our space outside of the pandemic because we knew that emotional currency that was going to come with it would stick with people. And it did. And it was an incredible day. And, um, you know, there were still slight restrictions in place, but it didn't stop anyone um, having those personal connections with people. Well, I, I love that, right? I mean, there's a couple of things... I'm going to tell you a quick story in a second that, that I think ties right into that. But there's a couple of things you've said there that just really hit home. I mean, talk about that kind of... Uh, like earlier, you were mentioning, you know, that, that emotional connection you get in, in person. Now, people... For example, you were in Ibiza for, for a month or so there, right? I was there a few weeks ago. I went to Ashwaya, seen David Guetta. I looked around... And every single person had their phone up video on that. And I'm thinking, how many of them are actually going to go back and watch that? I am soaking this in. I'm watching this. I came home from that. I turned the TV on. I remember David Beckham, one of his first games, uh, or Messi, first games for Inter Miami. Everyone video and David Beckham sitting there watching it because he was soaking in a moment, right? It, it was something. And again, dial all that right down to just a one-on-one -on -one level. That emotional connection is absolutely key for me. And if you're one of those, now you've just said one something there, first one out, you talked to Ella out about being different, it's challenging. We have really put ourselves out there as a business to say, we want to make recruitment a more accountable space. We want to help hiring teams. Not we want to compete, not we're better than you, not we're better than everyone else, but we're different. We're going to work in, for example, fewer roles per person. We're going to offer a 12-month free replacement guarantee. People think you're mental. But then they, they, they ask themselves, well, hold on, why are they working? Why are they doing this way, right? And it gets people curious, it gets people talking, and all of a sudden they're emotionally invested in, in what you do. Like, we want people to, to need us, right? And absolutely want to work with us, not be forced. You want people to need and want to go to that event. And and, and yeah. again, that, that, that's, that's what grows and grows. So I, lo I absolutely love that. Let me get back to the Pizza Q event. I mean, I was standing there with my team, there's 10 of us, We'd, we'd been, I can't remember who the stand was. I think it was Hired. So give Hired a shout out. And because one of my, my colleagues or one of my, my, my recent hires had, had, had new, new guys there or whatnot. Like, come on over here. We, we had a beer. Great. And I thought, right, time for some food. What do you guys want? Pizzas. So I was away to buy nine, nine pizzas. And I met two people in the queue. And as you do, you start chatting. What do you do? What do you do? Oh, yeah, we, we could help you there. Oh, we may have some work there. Do you know what? Nothing else. They bought me a beer in the queue. They kept going. I thought I was in front of them. I just thought, what, what are you going for? Bum. So I just bought two pizzas. And I said, what are you guys? Come on, come on, sit with us. And we ended up sitting right outside of Hire, but right in front of like the basement Jack's tent. Turned out to be probably the best location because people were migrating up there as the, the rest yeah. of the day unfolded. And at one point, 50 people were sitting in a circle, chatting away. 
And it was all about, what do you do? What are you guys doing? And it was just loads of different stuff. Some people out of work, which I thought was excellent, right? You guys gave people a platform to be heard. And, and I know loads of people were hired from this. There was other people that go, Joe, I interviewed with you guys a couple of weeks ago. Great to meet meet with you guys, etc." Two weeks later, we've got a, a new, that new client, right? Because an issue came up, something resonated with her, an emotional connection, and boom, you know, let's hear a bit more about you guys do. Actually, we're going to give you guys a shot, and it's going well. It's going amazing. An awesome new client, global client, you know, and it turned out the account manager we now have, the two of them live five minutes from each other. So can actually meet up and, and again and again and again, been at the same clubs, danced at the same gigs, etc. And I thought, you know, you can't buy that anywhere. No. You know, and if I could pick a way to win a new client, that's it. Every day of the week over LinkedIn ads or whatever, right? I mean, I would do that 10 times over. I think it's, I, I mean, it's, 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 I love that story. And it, it is it is those stories I love hearing about Wreckfest. It's what comes out of those personal connections afterwards. So whether it's, the people that got jobs for the green lanyard campaign, which we're super proud of. And, you know, there's a bunch of people that have, that have found work for it, or it is just, you know, some of our, our, our bigger sponsors, um, you know, picking up some, some key wins or just, you know, some people there with tickets as well, making those personal connections. That's, that's kind of why we do it. You know, that's, that's the buzz for us afterwards. The events, the start point It's what happens after that. And I think that's, I guess a really big thing for event organizers is if you're, if your event doesn't have a purpose outside of to make you money, you have lost from the start. Your yeah. event is never going to go anywhere. Your event has to have a purpose. Um, and, you know, we had a few purposes this year. It was to get people back to work. It was absolutely to connect, you know, our, our client base with, with, with their potential new clients. But it was to get the industry together again, probably for the first time when yeah. everyone can travel. So last year, 2022, there was... 4,000 people, but there were still people like, oh, just, you know, my company's still not allowing us to go to events. This year, everything was off. And we had that sort of, you know, that coming together on the day and, and uh, it, you know, that, that big celebration of industry. Obviously, going to be back there again next year. I think you have nailed it with the venue, quite, quite, Thank you. quite honestly, right? I mean, absolutely brilliant. Uh, a couple of weeks' time, it's 13th and 14th of September. You're in Nashville, right? Nashville. Yes, that's exciting. Um, yeah. It's um it, look for me for me it's 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 been a lifelong dream to take events out to the US. Um, I've always thought you know a, a measure of success is can you go do it over there? Look, don't don't be wrong. Super proud of breakfast in the UK. Love where it is. It's it's the industry's globally the only mega event within talent acquisition. It's you know if you think about the UK audience, it's about about ten percent of the UK audience is in that is in terms of talent acquisition is in that field, which is pretty crazy. US is a massive market though, right? US is 10 times as big yeah. on both um, the partner side and also the, the, the talent acquisition. That is cigarette paper mass, by the way. I have no, no evidence to back that up. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'll try to help um, you with that. Thank you. But no, it's always been, look, it's always been an aspiration of ours. And, you know, part of when we started to bring over some of the um, kind of US influencers that I now consider friends, people like Chad and Cheese, Lars, Tim Sackett, you know, and all these amazing people, Marin Hogan, who run a live stream for us yeah. um, this year, it was to say, look, when we come over, we want you to understand what breakfast is. So when we come over, you can confidently tell people and articulate what it is that makes it different. And that's worked because, you know, we, we shot for a thousand paid tickets. We're at 1200 at the moment. So oh, we've great. gone over our quota 
and we're over our quote on sponsors as well. So brilliant. The, the, U, the US for us, I'm very surprised how wide open the door was to a new event coming in. Personally, I thought there'd be a lot more resistance, but it's um yeah, it, it's there for the taking at the moment, and we're looking Look, forward to it. I, I think. The reason I joined Solution Driven, I, I, I spent 12, 13 years in, in the US, fortunate to play pro sports out there and you know, tearing my ACL, coming home, doom and gloom, right? And and meeting Gavin and Walter, our, our founders, and then figuring out a bit more about Solution Driven. My wife had been in, in recruitment for, for 15 years at that point as well. Couldn't quite understand how this Scottish headquartered global company had so much business in, in, in the US. And I thought, God, the chance to get back over there. Awesome. I'm actually going to be in the US the Monday or the Sunday to Friday the week after. I can't figure out any other way because my wife's in Dubai visiting her sister's new kid. Right. Because I was trying to prolong that trip and make this work. And I see <laughs> Gavin's going to be hearing this now and going, I know what he's been trying to do now. Um, but for sure, Nick, I, I think you'll explode in the US, right? I mean, I think. Thank you. I appreciate it. There's some awesome, I mean, just some of the people that talk about the event, the Hunglies, the Matt they are their their communities are, are global, right? There's a lot of US people that when they guys speak, they, they listen. And I think it's you found whether it's a traveling event, whether you stay there, it's an amazing first venue, an awesome city, you know, and, and people are going to have a, a really good time. I can't wait to see the the videos and the takeaways from that. But I think you'll start to see people, you know want to be in both, you know, I want to try that one yeah. this year, I want to go that, and I think that's when you really, good good, good luck stopping the boulder then. Um, yeah, yeah, if that goes downhill, there's going to be very little stopping it, so let's uh, fingers crossed. Well, look, we we could go on uh, forever here, I guess, it, maybe to, 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 to wrap up, right, I mean, I think you're in a place probably 12 years down the line that, you know, you would have, bit the arm off at, I think at this point right and I think you've probably seen everything from tech crashes to banks going bust to COVID I mean there's not much that's not happened the last the last 10 years and even through all of that you had 5,000 people in a field this year right so what next year could be really excited to, to, to see it I guess your purpose is probably evolving over time uh, I'm a big big fan of a purpose what do you see as being the goal for the next couple of years for this event? You know what? I, I think it's been a tough time to be, a, to be an in-house recruiter over the last three or four years. So go back to 2020, um, you know, before the pandemic, TA was riding high. There was uh, more money being invested into it. Companies were understanding talent acquisition. Um, you know, we were hired at a nice steady pace. There was, there was, there was growth. Um, pandemic comes along and it'll, in, uh, you know, a lot of talent acquisition get made redundant, get fired. And, you know, as an industry, that's a real kick in the teeth. That's companies yeah. saying people are our, you know, most important thing, but yet the people that find the people you've just made redundant because you need to save on the bottom line. Yeah. Um, pandemic finishes, massive spike, like, you know, you guys, everyone else saw last year, hire everyone back, pay them twice as much money, let's rebuild the TA teams, bring in the RPOs, and then the market stagnates again and they get rid of them again. And I think it's a, a really shitty thing to do as a company. Yeah. And... I, I think our purpose where before, you know, pre-pandemic, we are celebrating the industry. We knew that during the pandemic and, and also now, we need to be there to support. We need to yeah. give anyone in talent acquisition, whether they're employed or not, you know, that one day a year where they can go, this is my day. This is where I get to celebrate my industry. If they still decide to stay in this industry, and, and I'd fault no one for leaving because it's been so up and down throughout the years. 
but you know our, our purpose now is to support those that are that are out of work it's to help rebuild those ta functions because we've got a lot of ta leads that are building back up again from scratch um you know look and uh, we almost managed to get for a podcast without mentioning AI. I'm going to mention AI though, <laughs> but 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 look, AI. You know, and, and look, honestly, for us, it's another ten years of content. People are going to be looking to events to say, okay, how do we now use you know this this brand new tool, this this mega trend that's coming along? So you know, obviously, like every other event company, we're going to be tracking this you know really closely, sure. bringing in the experts, looking for the case studies, amplifying those voices. So that people can make sense of this new big thing and what could be quite a scary thing when you look at it yeah. um, o- over the next you know five years or so. So, okay. yeah, I, I think I think that's where we're going to be. I think to wrap up from me, I mean, I think you're you're absolutely right about the AI, the tools. I think a lot of people were at the specific discussions there because they just don't know what to expect from that, right? And I think that will massively evolve, and I'm sure will be huge topics at future at future events. I think you know, I think we share a very similar purpose you know we want to we love people to have a good experience our customer is twofold right it's it's the if we're hiring for you you're the client but any candidate along the way that's our client as well right and how do you help both sides how do you be accountable how do you be transparent how do you be a good communicator how do you give people a really really good experience that's exactly what you're trying to do with the event but for us there's still horror stories of companies slashing and not treating people well etc etc and i think so much is being asked of a a ta function you know and so much is being asked right now of individual recruiters or small numbers of people that are that you know just pick up this you know do more with less you have no budget you have no help and and i do fear for the ongoing i guess health of 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 people in those teams but also the quality of those hires right because as soon as you put their hands behind their back you can't use partners you have no budget etc etc you're going to make poorer hires. There's going to be more retention issues and and, and and long may it continue. I get it. It's difficult. Everybody's got to look after their own company. There's, there's P&Ls to worry about. There's budgets to worry about. But I think it goes right back to what you said at the start, right? If you have a purpose, if you have frameworks, if you have infrastructure and you have the right people, then you'll make the right, then you'll make the right decisions. I've got to say, you know, well done. Hats off to you for what you've built. Thank you. I think, um, you know, hugely admirable. Love the event. Can't wait to be there next year. And thank you very much for coming on, Jamie. Brilliant. Thank you very much.